Welcome to Crime and Reason on Talk Zone, bringing you the backstory in high-profile crimes that television leaves out. Now, here are the hosts of Crime and Reason, John Kelly and Leo Badenhausen. Well, good evening and welcome to the premiere show of Crime and Reason Radio. Uh, my name is Leo Battenhausen and I'm here with my uh, partner in crime, John Kelly. And we are looking forward to uh, providing you with a show like you've never heard before on radio um, or anything you've seen on television when it comes to today's crime and the people behind these crimes. Uh, let me talk a little bit about my partner here, John Kelly. John, you might know from uh, Investigation Discovery Channel's Dark Minds show. John was the profiler on that show for three seasons and did a great job. He's been on MSNBC. He's been a consultant for the Nancy Grace show, Jane Velez Mitchell's show, and has appeared on Geraldo Live. Uh, John has also been a founding member of STALK, which stands for System to Apprehend Lethal Killers. So John's been in the business of profiling serial killers for a very long time and has met with some very scary people. He knows what he's talking about when it comes to this kind of thing. And uh, he's also the author of Warning Signs, a guidebook for parents that he wrote in his psycho psycho therapist days and addiction counseling days, a book that helps parents uh, learn more about their children and their self-esteem when it comes to drug use and, and behaviors. So and John is also the founder of Extra Care Health Services here in New Jersey, a very successful addictions treatment program that's been around for over 20 years. And good evening, John. Good evening, Leo. Thank you so much uh, for that nice introduction. I, I'll tell you, I'm really honored to be here with you. Uh, just so the audience knows that, uh, Leo Battenhausen is a colleague of mine. He's an honored colleague of mine. Uh, he's been a psychotherapist. He's been a psychotherapist for 22 years. He's the author of two books, Defeating Depression, a great book, and his newest book, which is really, really catching on fire, social side, how America is loving itself to death. He's been a regular uh, guest and consultant on Relevant Radio's Morning Air, the Mind Mender segment. Leo runs the Mind Mender segment on Relevant Radio's Morning Air very informative, great show, great to listen to. And I'm just so honored to be here with you, Leo, and I'm happy finally you and I got together to put this show together. We've thought about it for a while. We've conversed on it. And uh, I, 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 there's nobody else I'd rather do uh, a show with than you. This well, is this is something we've been looking forward to. Well, it is, and thank you so much, John. That feeling is mutual. We have been working on this a long time, and we have been very dedicated to getting uh, getting this together. And it's wonderful to be here on Talk Zone now and actually be able to get our information out there for the listeners and to start something new. Uh, and the pleasure's all mine. Thank you for that. The other part of it, too, is, uh, you know, I think we have to uh, send our condolences, right, Leo, and concerns. Yes. For this topic, absolutely. You know, o- over over to the French people uh, that were slaughtered in these uh, various massacres that took place over in Paris and around France. I mean, this is heartbreaking, and... Um, we want to extend our condolences and our uh, heartfelt feelings uh, to the whole French population and to Europe in general. This is a, it's a very, very uh, traumatic and sad situation. Absolutely. And, and all those senseless as well, you know, and this, so you can't imagine, you know, going to work or waking up one day and having someone in your family that has, is innocent to just being slaughtered by one of these, these madmen for, uh, for apparently no good reason. So our prayers and thoughts do go out to you folks out there. And you know, they are madmen, but I, you know, I just want to run over. Yeah, what are they all uh, about? Let's let's talk about that, John. Yeah, I mean, I mean, I I, I just want to go over 
what these madmen, I, 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 I call them scumbags. I, I mean, the, the Kavachi brothers, the Kavachi brothers, mm-hmm. I, I, I just look at them as scumbags. These two brothers killed 12 people in the Charlie Hebdo massacre in Paris. Okay. Mm-hmm. These guys attacked this magazine with AK-47s and shotguns and went after the employees there who had nothing but pencils and ink pens to defend themselves. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, these yeah. these two brothers hauled these people out and slaughtered them, massacred them. Okay? I mean, these guys are the worst of the worst. And Sharif Kavachi, and you'll find this interesting, Leo, he's the youngest. Mm-hmm. He's 30, 32 years old, but he's the most dominant. Usually the older one is the most dominant, the older of the two brothers. But this is the younger brother and very, very dominant. And Sahid Kavachi was actually the submissive that followed this guy. Usually, you know, with uh, serial killing teams, uh, you know, the dominant is uh, usually the older person. Right, uh, right. What we have here is a mass murder domination. A mass, he was a dominant in a mass murder team. Where did these guys, where did they come from? I mean, they were, they're brothers, correct? Were they raised together? Did they have families, uh, you know, to grow up together or what? What was their story? Yeah, these two guys were raised together mm-hmm. in a very, very poor, ghetto type section of Paris where their Algerian father abandoned them along with their other siblings while they were children. When they were eight and ten years old, they come home and find their pregnant mother dead on the floor with her sixth child bearing her sixth child in her womb. She committed suicide. That's how they found it. They were then taken and put into foster care. After coming out of foster care, then they started carrying on. Now, this is, these are the guys that say they're martyrs and they're, you know, martyrs for Islam and they're jihadists and everything else. Let me tell you, this Sharif Kavachi, this guy was into clubbing. He was into drinking a lot of alcohol. He was into hashish. He was into a very fast life. And, uh, you know, he was going nowhere. He, he was a loser. He, 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 a loser. He, he couldn't make it happen. Wasn't so this guy trying to be a rapper too, John? Yeah. 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 A rapper. Exactly. Okay. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Loser's a good word for this. <laughs> for yeah. yeah. He was a wannabe rapper. Mm-hmm. He couldn't make it. So now guess what his claim to fame is? Mass murder. Mass murder, of course. Yeah. But, you know, that, these, well, you, that's quite a background these guys had, you know, and, you know, these lawyers are going to come in and say, well, these poor kids, look at the horrible life they live. Yeah. This is why they're so angry and mad. Well, you know, I don't buy this nonsense. That, that fires me up. I'll tell you what. Yeah. Yeah. You know, you know putting them into a, a situation where they're called mentally incompetent or mentally, you know, unresponsible. They're responsible. This guy wanted to be a rapper. I think he knew what he was doing when he did this. Yeah, yeah. And they're claiming to be a great Muslim, you know, uh, smoking hashish, drinking alcohol and mass murdering people. Yeah, he's he's just wonderful. Then the second. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Leo. No, go ahead. I'm not. I didn't interrupt. The second guy we're looking at. Amid Koulibaly. Where do you hear about this wingnut? Okay. This guy was running through the streets. Same thing. Grew up in a poor area of Paris. This wingnut was a three-time loser for robbery. Some of those robberies were armed robberies. This guy spent a lot of time in prison 
and was released, this guy's lawyer turns around and even says that he had a mad dog element to him. He had a mad dog element there. Now that's the attorney, huh? Yeah, his own attorney Uh said that. But although he was a hothead, he could keep his cool when he needed to. Now what is that, what does that remind you of? That is the typical narcissist of personality, psychopath to the max. You know, not, not mentally unstable, ment, uh, selectively, uh, terroristic. That's what it sounds like to me. This guy knows exactly what he's doing. He knows exactly what he's doing. And you have him in your book, Social Side. This guy's personality is in your latest book, Social Side. Okay. He's also known to have an adrenaline rush, to love an adrenaline rush and fast money. So this guy loves to be in the action. He wants the fast cash. He keeps getting into these illegal activities that land his ass in jail, right? Right. Then while he's in jail, he gets a psych evaluation. This Koulibaly was diagnosed as having an immature and psychopathic personality. What does well, that they, remind you of? They immature got that and psychopathic right. personality. Well, they got that one right. That is exactly what I think most of these killers are. Yeah, oh. I mean, it's... Just, just unbelievable, unbelievable. Yeah, this is all of I mean, don't you see the same personality type in most of the serial killers and murderers you've you've worked with or know about? It's it's the same thing, you know. But now they're they're claiming to be working for uh, jihad or uh, you know uh, Al Qaeda or whoever else uh, they can uh, dig up and and catch on the coattails of of this um, you know, Muslim movement of terrorism. And I, you know, I just think it's an easy way out for their killing uh, thirsts and hunger. Don't you? Would you say that's true? Do you really think they have any care about jihad, Allah, or you know God? Or really? The, the, the 60 virgins that are waiting for them in heaven, really? The only thing these guys care about with this extremely pathological, narcissistic personality is getting what they want, and that's fame, and in the end, getting these 60, supposedly 60 virgins, two chests of gold. This Kubali is 32 years old, has this major rap sheet, this guy, big tough guy, kills a female cop on oh. the street. This is how big and tough this guy is. He then goes into this supermarket, okay, where he eventually grabs a bunch of hostages, and this big tough guy turns his AK on four of the hostages and kills them while ranting all these disparaging and putrid remarks and hateful Mm. remarks about Jews in Israel in this kosher supermarket. I mean, so how big and tough is this guy? This guy's nothing but a punk. A punk, absolutely. And I don't think he's in heaven with virgins and chests of gold. I doubt that highly myself. He created hell on earth here for a lot of people, and he's probably sitting down there now uh, looking at his... uh well, who's responsible now for his actions? He's probably spending a lot of time in the hot box down there. We can only yeah. hope let him sit and rot down there. Yeah. A- amen to that, Leo. <laughs> amen is right. Jeez, you know, but that's very much like, don't you think these guys and reflecting, did they find a home in this stuff, you think? I mean, that's my opinion. They 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 have nothing. Like we call them, they're losers. They've tried everything. and They're just not getting anywhere in life. So like you said, they want to make their mark and be some big superhero and go out in a blaze of glory. But um, it, it, they find something in this, I guess, maybe they never found in the home. I'm not sure. You know, some kind of belonging or are they just that angry and, and so self-absorbed and entitled that they just want to have that thrill kill? Or is it all of the above? I think it's, I think you're right. I think it's all the above. And I think what you're looking at is you're looking at them looking for a family, number one, like the gangs, no different than the gangs, people joining gangs. Cause don't forget, these people had no 
parenting. These parents weren't around. These people were abandoned. So they're out on the streets. They're looking for a family. They're, this becomes mm-hmm. their gang. This becomes their gang and their objective in this particular gang and their meaning is to massacre people in the name of jihad, which they believe is going to make everything right by them and send them to a better place where they're going to flourish. These people have absolutely positively no respect for another human being. You talk about antisocial personality. Here it is, Leo. Yeah, right here, isn't it? Exactly. These, and I talk about this in social side and this, how, how far spread this, this narcissistic personality has become. And, you know, of course, there's, very, there's different levels of narcissism. They're not all slaughtering, um, loser killers like these guys were. They're probably at the top of that narcissistic food chain. But, uh, there you're right. They have absolutely no remorse, no conscience, no guilt, no feelings. They can't even have relationships, real relationships with other people. So even amongst themselves, I don't understand how they survive because they can't feel friendship or camaraderie and, or that sort of thing unless it's fueled by this, this, uh, the similarity of, of a violent blood where they want to take no hostages and, and make themselves seem so important to their own, their own people and to their, their God, Allah. Um, in their case. Yeah, and then let me tell you about this knucklehead. I got a knucklehead for you here. This guy's Medhi Namachi. Medhi Namachi. This knucklehead is 29 years old. Major record is a juvenile delinquent. Juvenile delinquent, I'm sorry. When he comes back from fighting in Syria, now he's he was over there fighting, He's in jail right now. It's suspected of killing four people in a Jewish museum in Belgium. Okay? Mm-hmm. This guy walks into a museum, attacks these four people that are there seeing the sights, going over to the exhibits in the museum, and he takes it upon himself to murder them and take their lives. Now, I can't say... That he's guilty because he hasn't been tried yet, but he's definitely a major person of interest in my head. The papers are calling him, uh, are calling him a, uh, a suspect. And I also want to thank the two papers, you know, the Daily Mail from the UK, and I want to thank the Guardian newspaper because we got some of our information, a lot of our information. Great reporting, guys. There's great reporting done on, uh, on these stories, you know. Mm-hmm. Hard to find that too. You got to go to the source and look deeper into these things. But uh, it was a good find and good reporting there. So yeah, so they're holding him up now. They've had their eye on him, John. He been- oh yeah, they knew he was over in Syria. Okay. Mm-hmm. You know he had he had left France, went over to Syria. Okay, and then he came back, but then he went to Belgium and the Jewish Museum in Belgium and uh, killed these people. You know. Then yeah. the other one we have, I mean, this piece of garbage here, wait to hear about this guy, Mohammed Mira. This person killed a total of seven people, wounded one other soldier that lived. But out of the seven people he murdered, three of them were soldiers, minding their business, walking down the street that he ambushed. What do you think this piece of garbage does next? He goes over to a Jewish school. Okay? Mm-hmm. And he kills four civilians in a Jewish school. Leo, three of them. Three of them are children. Three of them are children. Well, this shows you just, just how far and then how, how evil these people can be. Children. Look yeah, at this. This is, this is, this is evil energy, man. This is, this is, this is satanic. I he agree. Was, you know, it's satanic. And I mean, I know you've written about that, too. This guy was raised in a ghetto like Gary, same as the rest, spent time in prison, same as the rest, and was also diagnosed to be mentally ill and violent. Unreal. And nobody did anything about this further, huh? What are these guys that are running around the world? Uh, I think they're being watched. Weren't these guys, the, the two in, in Paris, where they were being followed or something? But this is just insane. This is, you know, this is, brings to the, to the point where this can happen anywhere. 
anywhere, anytime. You know, it's over in Europe now, and I feel for them, and I do pray for those folks because I think they're the big target at the moment. You know, and how, how do you live your life like this? You know, you've got to look around every corner and, you know, and then hope and pray that you're not going to be slaughtered someday, you know, going to the supermarket or taking your kid to the uh, amusement park because of some scumbag that has no conscience and no guilt and wants to just go killing to get a get a high off of it. It's oh, just- yeah. In fact, the one Kavachi brother, you know, said that. He said exactly what you're saying. He said when he decided to be martyred, he felt that he was immortal, okay, and that he felt high and he felt great. That's disgusting, isn't it? Yeah. yeah. That, that, but he felt great. This is what we're talking about, what I'm talking about, when we're talking about social side and evil, this evil plague in the world. You know, and I'm, I'm this is no disrespect to, to mainstream Muslims because, you know, they're, I know they're good people and they, they do believe what they believe and they're not out murdering and slaughtering, but I think we've got that all wrong. America's the, you know, we all, the kind of the world's looking to blame these radicals. You know, that's what they are. These radical nutcases. They're not truly Muslims, but they need to step up to the plate, I would think, don't you, John? And, and really make an example of what they're supposed to be and, and try to put these, these monsters at, at rest or at least get them off of their books. <laughs> you know, they don't want, I don't think they'd want any responsibility with, with to take for these guys. I don't what know. They, what they have to do as a culture is step up. Because the one common denominator I can see here, and, you know, it's part of my profile, that these kids all started off fatherless and poor and abandoned. And kids like this, as you know, need mentors. If they can't have parents, they need mentors. So we need mainstream Muslim to step up their game. And to parent these disenfranchised kids to where they have something else to look forward to and not, and not be thinking about waging war and jihad and murdering all kinds of people. But that's a very interesting point. You're saying they have no mentoring and they need that mentoring, but are they get, I think a lot of these guys are getting snatched up into these radical Muslim groups, you know, like, like gang members do. They'll take those disadvantaged kids from the ghettos, you know, and, and then pimps to take, you know, homeless young girls into their, into their hands and give them all the love, you know, and like a cult, you know, give them all they need, make them feel real good. This is your family now, you know, make them all these false promises all the while, you know, manipulating their, their brains. To do their dirty work, be it a, a, a slaughtering a jihadist or a, a gang member or um, a, a, a pimp with uh, prostituting these young underage girls or cults. You know, look at all the cults we've seen today, the Jim Joneses of the world. And, you know, it's all for their own. The who's behind all of this stuff is what I always wonder, especially when it comes to these jihadists. They're not going to the right mentors, John. They're going to these. They're getting sucked up by these radical Islam movements that give them a purpose, or at least they think it's a purpose, correct? And they're molded. They're groomed. Exactly. You see, this is what you have going on when you said it's like they're being pimped off, okay? Because because they're being – they don't have mentors, so they have these other people that are schmoozing them and building them up and telling them what they want to hear and trying to make them feel good and becoming a – Surrogate dementor. They're being dementored. That's a good and turned point. In, and turned into these animals, these killing machines. Okay. And, and that's exactly what goes on. And this leads me to the last person I want to mention here, because as far as I'm concerned, this is the biggest waste product of them all. Well, I Foud, can't wait to hear this. Foud Benyetto. Foud B E N Y E T T O W. Foud Benetto. Tell us about him, John. Yeah. Foud, baby, turns out to be the preacher of the ghetto and is given the title Emir. So he's the Emir ghetto preacher. 
I'm sorry, the Emir ghetto preacher that radicalized these guys. He radicalized most of these guys by making them feel good, telling them how great they were, schmoozing them, like you mm-hmm. said early, conditioning them, brainwashing them is what he was doing, right? Well, That's this it. guy go, yeah, brainwashing. Yeah, exactly, exactly right. Well, this guy goes off to jail, Leo. Right? He goes off to jail. He does some time in jail. The people he radicalized go off and kill people. This guy gets let out of jail not too long ago. Guess where he ends up? He ends up as a nursing student. Out of nowhere, this guy comes out of jail and wants to become a nurse. Leo, he was doing a nursing internship at the same hospital where the Charlie Hebdo victims were taken, 12 murdered people. He has been described as studious and discreet. I think he should be discreet. You You think? I mean, I mean, I mean, this guy is responsible. And he's the nurse at the hospital when their bodies are brought in. That's I mean, right. this doesn't get any crazier. This, this doesn't does not get, any, get crazy. any crazier. You're right, John. we got to take a break, though, John. Let's come back to that in the, right after this, this message. I just want to remind the listeners that they should check out our website at www.crimeandreason.com. That's crimeandreason.com. Or find us on Facebook under Crime and Reason. And uh, check out what we were what we're up to and what's coming up next. We'll be right back. Bringing you the truth behind crimes today. You're listening to Crime and Reason on TalkZone.com. Back to John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen. I want to remind you again uh, to check out our website at uh, CrimeAndReason.com. CrimeAndReason.com and friend us on Facebook under Crime and Reason for uh, the latest information about um, us and our show. But John, let's get back to this uh, creep you were just talking about. This this psycho nurse, nurse that's uh, that's tending to the dead bodies he's responsible for in the hospital. What what is that? How does that happen? Yeah, yeah, that's a good question. I think the French need to tell us how that happened. How's this guy come out of prison? After he's radicalized so many people, uh, being the emir, the ghetto preacher of the neighborhood, emir being another name for commander. So he was a commander of what? Was he a commander of troops? Was he a commander of the jihadis? He's a commander definitely of these kids or people that he eventually radicalized. So now he turns around, he's out of jail decides to become a nursing intern, and then ends up at this uh, hospital, the very hospital where the Charlie Hebdo victims were taken. And again, I have to tell you, these were victims that were slaughtered, that were trying to fight off AK-47s and shotguns with pencils and ink pens. This, uh, this totally, totally disgusts me. You know, I would that, be disgusted. That, that, that this can happen. And the poor policeman that tried to intervene, they shot him too, and he was a Muslim. They killed their own kind. See, that they don't police know was a Muslim. Well, this is, they're not even so, so specific on who they kill. I guess it's just the kill. But didn't this nursing school have any inkling as to who this monster was? Did he, I mean, didn't oh. they do background checks on these people? I mean, am I asking for too much that my nurse isn't a serial killer? I don't know. I'd like to know my, my doctor. Hello. I, I, I tell you, I, I don't know. It's like, you know, we're dealing with kind of a Charlie Cullen or something here. You know? Yeah. I mean, yeah. I mean, you know, didn't anybody do a background check to find out who this guy is or was? Because he's going to be putting lines in people's veins. You think? He's going to be yes. putting lines in their veins. You know, That's he'll hook saying. you up with an IV. Well, sure, this guy will knock you off if you don't like it. What if you were a Jewish person going to that hospital? You Forget need to have it. an IV put in, you know, with this guy's mentality. 
Exactly, and it's, he's very discreet, so I'm sure he'd have a you know easy yeah. time of hiding these things. But yeah. I mean, really, seriously, there's no. I guess there's no there's no checking of backgrounds over there because you know over here in the, in the states, you got to go through uh, you know the third degree to get into any kind of medical profession. At least that that's uh, you know it's getting better that way. You know, yeah, my profession, absolutely. you have to be fingerprinted and background checks. I had to go through all of that. You know, and we had to do that, yeah. Sure, you know. But now we're talking yeah. about health care and a nurse. Uh, how, and whatever gives this guy the idea to become a nurse, there must have been more on his mind than just helping people. Oh, 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 oh. what does this guy have in mind? Come what are on. this guy's intentions, huh? Huh? Working you in know, a hospital filled with yeah. people over in a country that he hates? Yeah, well, did he have an epiphany of love while he was sitting in a jail cell? I don't think so. <laughs> I, but apparently he uh, found a way to get himself into such a such an important position. Is he still there? Yeah, he was there when the victims were taken in. That's only two, three weeks ago. Now, I would assume he still is there. Well, this is exposed then now, isn't it? I hope. Yeah, it was in the paper, yeah. Okay, let's... Uh, Let's hope somebody gets a line on this guy and, and <laughs> gets him another job somewhere else. Yeah. <laughs> Scrubbing toilet seats in a, yeah, in a jailhouse. Man. Yeah, I'll tell you yeah. what, boy. This, who the hell would want him taking care of him? You know? I mean, I wouldn't want him taking care of me. Then the other thing that, you know, keeps popping up, okay? And, and this is something, Leo, that drives me absolutely crazy. Okay, it drives me absolutely crazy. What are the consequences for these terrorists? Now, just listen to this, okay? Because I, I profiled this and I, I, I've put a lot of mental effort into going over this. I, I look at these guys and I say to myself, okay, what's the downside here for your actions, your murderous, horrific actions, okay? The first yeah, right. thing they do, the first thing they do when they're getting ready to go on a jihad and martyr themselves is they go out, they get a nice video and photo array done of themselves. So they have a photo shoot. Okay. This is the first okay. thing they do before they go off to murder everybody. Okay. Good, so okay. now that's going to be saved. That's going to be saved until they're ready. To, uh, you know, after they've been martyred, it's going to come out and it's going to come in the media and it's going to show them as heroes. And what it's also going to do is help recruit other young men into jihad. Okay. Okay. So first they have the video done. Okay. Then they go out and kill all these other people. Okay. And then they die by their own hand or by the police, okay? And in their minds, their perception, and we know in someone's mind, their perception can be reality. They're going to go now off to heaven after they've died where they're going to be rewarded with 60 virgins and two chests of gold. I think that's the going rate today. So where I'm going here is... I still don't see any consequences to their actions. You follow me? Yeah, so now, yeah. now they then have the mass media come out with all kinds of videos and stories and shows about all the horrific acts, all the murders, the victims get paraded around, the family members, and all of a sudden, these guys have become heroes, and they've become famous. So, again, where's the consequence? Now they're famous. They've achieved everything they wanted, plus they've achieved fame, okay? Yeah. And then you turn around, and the... Jihadists use this again to recruit this mass media that's focused on these murderers is used to recruit more people, younger people, 
and the cycle starts all over again. So I just want to know where's the consequence for these kinds of horrific, murderous, cowardice acts. You're right. Uh, there are no consequences here on this earth. Um, I guess seems like there's nothing here, but uh, what's coming up for them, I guess, is where they get those consequences, I hope. But sure, this is a it's a form, like you said, of brainwashing and recruitment. They're, they're, and look at the, the who are these these kids? They're probably all disadvantaged. They they grow up in poor poor countries where they don't have movie theaters or video games. I guess you know this is also attractive to them. They want to be a hero, right? This is enticing. Well, I'm going to be a hero. I'm going to have two pots of gold and all kinds of women in heaven. <laughs> I'll do whatever you say. But I guess there's a lot of mind manipulation that goes into that that grooming process, isn't there? To be able Absolutely. to. So are they, are they, right, but the, the, my question is, are they, are, they're made narcissistic then, correct? They're made into psychopaths, or are they born this way? And that's my question, and I've been looking at that in my research. More and more we're seeing that, you know, they people can be made into killers. Look at the Nazis. They, these are regular people, and they were made into killers. Exactly. So, so we're kind of looking at a similar type of brainwashing. Hitler exactly. was a master brainwasher, right? Okay, so that's what we're seeing here. So then there are consequences, no consequences here. You're right. You're absolutely right. But what can you do? The guy's dead. And he's a, now he's a hero amongst his own people. I guess they're, they're, they're legends in their own mind, though. Yeah, yeah. I mean, there's right? no downside. There's no downside to them at all as far as they're concerned. And here comes Israel. See, Israel has an answer. Israel has a consequence over in Israel. The Israeli government will turn around if you commit a terrorist act in most cases that really kills a number of people. The Israeli government will come in and bulldoze your family's house. Now that gives pause for thought because if you're going to go out there over in Israel and you're going to martyr yourself to kill a number of people, innocent people, for jihad, the bottom line in the back of your mind is you know you may go off to heaven and you may get all this so-called, all these so-called virgins and gold and everything. But the bottom line in the back of your mind is when I'm gone, my family's done because their house is going to be bulldozed. And I really think that consequence there gives pause to some of these people that are contemplating terrorism over in Israel. But there is no consequence that I see in Europe to stop these guys. And there's no consequence I see here in the USA to stop these guys. You know, I just see them having visions of grandeur. And you're right. They're all sociopaths, psychopaths, pathological narcissists. And you and I have been going over this for years, Leo. Is yeah. it nature or is it nurture? Or is it both? You you brought it up. Go ahead. Well, I'll tell you what. It's it's now becoming clear to me that it's both. Um, there was a time when I thought there was a narcissistic, uh, tr uh, born born narcissistic, uh, without feelings or without a soul. You know, because that's what a true narcissist is. It's a, it's a soulless person. It's a, our soul is our conscience, and uh, our conscience is our connection. And if I may, to our uh, our higher power, whoever that may be. These people have no higher power because they have no conscience, so they have no soul. Now, um, it's looking like more and more people are learning to become so self-ingratiating, so selfish, and so uncaring about other people on very many levels, not just these slaughter, slaughtering monsters, sickos, but, you know, people day to day, the kids in, in school today, you know, the, the things they do, the bullying, the teasing, they don't listen to their parents. There's nothing to fear anymore. Now, so these guys are, so it's a combination of both at this point. I think you do have the born, the, the born narcissist or sociopath, but I think more and more now, we're, and, and this is worldwide, we're creating our own 
sociopathic uh, population uh, through media and and through technology and now through you know these brainwashing uh, techniques of these these monsters that want to just kill people for the sake of killing them and because it feels good to do or having other people do it for them you know that's that's that seems to be the the soup du jour that this guy the, the nurse here had had other people doing his dirty work as far as we know and um you know like that any any other cult leader would and uh and we're seeing that as well that that those that's the highest level of narcissistic behavior and sociopathic behavior but like i said we're seeing more of it too in day-to-day crimes look at over here you know with these school shootings and here's another like small segment of some some loser kid who spent his whole life in the his dark basement playing video games not connecting with any other children and decides he wants to do something to be famous because he feels like such a loss. So he goes and slaughters a bunch of innocent kids and then kills himself. Now he's the big man, right? This is what we're seeing here. And it's, there's no stopping this stuff. So, you know, we need consequences. Yes. But I mean, how do you know who these people are? Could be next door to you. There's got to yes. be some way, right? I mean, we don't know. And that's the scary part, and that's how strong this is, and I think that's the way this evil force wants it. You know, there'll be no exposing of who's who's capable of this. You know, that's that's our challenge, is to try to find a way to, to see these uh, these characteristics, or in your business, the profiling of of these strange uh, people, and you know, how do we get it? How do we get a handle on them before innocent people are getting killed? You're absolutely right. Three three words. Parents, parents, parents. Okay? Yeah. Parents being available to parent their children. This is a very, very big piece. Because none of these guys that we talked about had a nurturing male figure, father right. figure. And when a when a boy grows up without a father, that specific gender connection which is so very important, it can create a lot of rage and anger. And that's what causes the migration toward other males. And you know as well as I do, whether it be here, whether it be France, where, whether it be Australia, wherever it is, if you got a kid and he's looking for that male nurturing in a ghetto and he can't get positive male nurturing, let me tell you, negative male nurturing is still male nurturing, and he's going to gravitate towards the gangs, towards the drug dealers, towards the people that are committing crime, towards the people that will take him in and praise him and groom him and condition him for jihad. So, you know, it's parents, 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 and, uh, you know, uh, you've seen it. It's in your book. I mean, social side uh, – uh, has it all through the book and your book social side you know you talk about uh the internet and and the biggest recruiting tool that these jihadis have is the internet okay that's their major recruiting tool if you took the internet away from isis and these and al-qaeda and al-qaeda in the Arabian peninsula and these other people they would have a hard time recruiting people and if we had Male Muslims step up to the plate to nurture these underprivileged kids that are growing up poor and get them before this emir or this imam right. or whoever yep. can can condition them and radicalize them. There's a chance. There's a chance that some of these people can be stopped before they become jihadis. And that, you're right, it's parents, 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 and that's our only hope. So we do need, you know, to see some stepping up here, to say the very least, of, of mainstream Muslim males. Like you said, what, what, are, I don't know what they're doing or what, uh, if there's anything going on, um, in these countries where they can grab some of these kids before they start the brainwashing and grooming process, John. I don't know, I don't hear about that, I'm sure. Yeah, so, no. Right? It's no. just not happening. And you're right. No. It is parents, parents, and parents. And that's what's happening in this country. All of these, isn't it true that these, the, 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 the kids 
or the males that uh, were doing all the mass shootings on on this side of the pond, they were fatherless or, or father wasn't involved with them as well. Isn't that correct? Or isn't yes. that one thing they had in common? The FBI we had reported that. I think we, you had told me that. Yeah, that you're absolutely right. The Secret right? Service, the Secret Service had done some research, and a while back, the vast majority of these school shooters felt that they did not have a parent that they could go to, trust, and talk to. That's it. That's it. Now I remember. That's right. one of the one of the. Uh, Danger signs or warning signs that was brought up by a uh, Secret Service uh, research report. You know what the, the scariest part of this is? Let me tell you what the scariest part of this for me is, Leo. And I've been analyzing this and going over it, right? Right. For, for, for years, we have these guys now that have been over in war in jihad. Okay, we have these radicalized young men that have gone over for jihad and who have become killers and mass murderers. Okay? Yeah. Well, when you're in war, there's a certain amount of post-traumatic stress. And it doesn't matter who you are. If you're in fighting where your life can be taken and you're feeling out of control at times, you assimilate into your environment, but still that post-traumatic stress from all this fighting stays with you, okay? I'll give you an example. The guys over in Vietnam, will say, they were in the war, they were in the thick of it, they saw a lot of action. Some of them came home with PTSD, okay? They're coming home to a country where they're being cared for, maybe not at that exact time, but later on they're cared for, concerned about, okay? Today people love them for their sacrifices, and I give them so much credit because that was a horrific, horrific war. So what happens is you come out of battle, and you're leaving the war, but the war doesn't leave you, so you bring it home with you. Okay, and that's what a lot of PTSD is with veterans coming home. Well, what scares the hell out of me, Leo, is these guys are coming home or coming back to Europe and they're coming home to the infidels. So they're not only leaving the war, they're all juiced and jacked up and they're coming home to fight some more in their home country and kill the infidels. See, that's what scares the hell out of me. You got these guys all jacked up who've learned how to kill. They're trained. They're trained killers and murderers, okay, mass murderers. Sure. And they're coming home to the infidels, and they still have jihad on their mind. I mean, they're really, really jacked up. So, I mean, that's terrifying thought for me and it should terrify everybody you're right nobody thinks or talks about this i mean this is reality you're right the war never ends and everybody's it doesn't end it doesn't end it doesn't they're coming home to the infidels and you're right nobody talks about this stuff but we're talking about on crime and reason leo because it's the backstory it's the true story and leo i have to tell you that in your book, Social Side, you know, when you start talking about this evil energy and the way the Internet is used for evil and evil intent, I'll tell you, you hit it out of the park because, you know, we're seeing it. That is the major recruitment tool for these murderous animals. And that's just one aspect of how evil can be used through technology, John. You know, and that's a huge one for uh, the jihads. You're right. It's all about that Internet connection. And they're like, without it, how would they survive? You're right. But it's also, you know, it's sucking the life out of uh, out of everybody. You know, not just uh, it's sucking the souls out of many people. Now, the Internet's a wonderful thing. Technology is a wonderful thing when you're using it for the right things. And uh, 
but it's just becoming such a such a, a piece of who we are. We're basing our personalities on a lot of stuff that we're getting from internet use and and things of this nature. And there is an overshadowing evil behind it. I don't know who it is or what it is, but I just call it pure evil. Because um, anything you find out, all these murders, everything you hear, the, the jihads, everything goes back into this technology. Everything yeah. today. Yeah, and when you say sucking the life out, I mean, these jihadis are literally using technology to suck the life out of human beings all around the world. And we need to do something about this. We need to set up some type of consequence for this technological jihadi radicalization online. It's got to be monitored somehow, John, and right, crushed before it gets any bigger because it's just getting bigger. And the, the more technology we, we are exposed to, the more savvy they seem to get. And it's very scary. Yeah. Well, Leo, I'll tell you, it was very nice talking with uh, you today. I, I, I really, really had a, a really great time here. Uh, you and I uh, communicating and consulting our thoughts. And I can't thank the audience enough. You know, uh, yeah. do you have any closing remarks? I mean, thank you so much for listening in. We hope we made it interesting for you, but I'm going to, I'm going to turn this over to, uh, Leo Battenhausen and, uh, let Leo close this out. Thanks a lot, folks. Well, thanks, John. And then thank you, everybody. We hope to have uh, a good supportive listening uh, audience here on our first show. I'd like you to please, if you want to contact us with any questions, go to our website, crimeandreason.com. There is a contact form in there. So if you have any questions for me or for John, uh, any comments at all, we appreciate them. and love to see them. Uh, we can be found on Facebook uh, under Crime and Reason. And uh, my book that John mentioned, Social Side, How America is Loving Itself to Death, is available at Amazon.com and BarnesandNoble.com. So if you're interested, please pick it up. And uh, thank you, John, for a, a wonderful show. And we're really looking forward to coming back uh, next week and bringing you more inside information to the backstory of the evil and criminal behaviors that are going on in uh, this world today and trying to make some sense out of it. Yeah, wait till you see next week. We're going to have something really, really interesting. I don't want to mention it yet. But you know, you're going to, you know, I, I got to say that it's going to be a very, very uh, interesting show. Keep us in mind that we're, uh, we're John Kelly and Leo Battenhausen, and this is Crime and Reason. Thank you.